What's going on on my podcaster? See Jizzle and the fucking Wizzle, and I don't know what the fuck happened. I It happened last night. I tried to make a podcast. I went and uh, went and investigated some stuff on the internet, and when I came back, my shit was gone. So, I did that last night, and I just decided not to post anything. did that tonight, and I was thinking... I was thinking about not posting anything, but I can't just leave my my viewers hanging. So we're gonna go ahead and make another podcast. We're gonna start from the beginning. I'm gonna try to remember as much as what I can. But I've already had um, at least a few beers, maybe three or four, and I've had a half pint of uh, Paul Masson. So. Anywho, so, long story short, last night I um, was going to try some of these noodles that I bought from this Asian market, and it's like $4 for a soup bowl, pretty much, and I didn't know what I was getting at first, but... uh, it's it's pre-cooked noodles. It's already in a vacuum sealed pack. And you have to put them in a boiling pot of water and rinse the starch off. And then put them in the cup. And add all your seasonings and your cooking liquid and all that shit. Now, the thing is, it has dried squid in it. And in the dry flakes. Now, the seasoning powder has crawdads, anchovies clams and oysters and all this other shit. Stuff that I usually wouldn't eat, right? But the dried squid flakes, I'm just going to have to kind of pick out of there. I was going to eat it last night, but I was kind of worried. I was kind of scared. I was going to eat it tonight, and I'm like, eh. I think I'm going to save it. Um... So, tonight I came home from work with a Detroit pizza. And, long story short, we're going to get into that a little bit more, but I fucking hate Detroit pizzas. I despise Detroit pizza. Literally. I mean, it's like the worst pizza in the world. Um, They don't put enough sauce on it. Everybody knows that... Detroit pizzas, the sauce always goes on top, right? And for some reason, they act like it's an endangered species and they don't use enough sauce. And it's it's always, you know, like... Pizza is meant to be made with sauce first and then cheese. Period. When you put cheese down on the crust and then you put your sauce on top, it's fucking ass backwards. You know what I'm saying? And the Detroit sauce just tastes a whole lot more acidic so keeping that in mind Detroit pizza is garbage but it's a whole lot better than what I was going to be eating so I had um, this order that came through today and long story short it was a future order that my, my boss didn't tell me about that she had already done 
and whenever it came through again, we made it. Because we thought, oh, the guy's coming through for these seven pizzas, we better fucking make it. It came through on our screens and all that shit, and she just forgot to tell us about it. So, we made those seven pizzas, and they're sitting in the warmer and shit, and I'm like, what the fuck? You know, like, these pizzas are just sitting in here, and nobody's coming to pick them up. And then we got and looked online on the on the computer, and it said something about it was like a hundred dollars worth of pizzas, and it said something about like eighty six dollars was supposed to be refunded in cash. And we were very puzzled because it wasn't coming up on the carryout menu, it wasn't coming up on the deliveries. And so I called my boss, and I'm like, hey, what the fuck's the deal with this? And she's like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you about that. Don't make it. And I'm like, well, we already did. And so basically there were seven pizzas that sat in there for two hours in the warmer. And they were trash. I mean, I, I tried taking one home, and it was it tasted like cardboard. It was dried out. It was fucking, it tasted like cardboard. So... Anywho, I did get a Detroit pizza that wasn't tried out. And even though I fucking hate Detroit pizzas, I'd rather have that than having nothing. So, we're going to try it. I already tried a slice earlier, and it was pretty good. I'm not going to lie, it was alright. But... That tomato sauce is so acidic. So acidic. It's way different from the regular tomato sauce that you usually get. It's a lot more... I don't know. It's a lot more acidic. Let's put it that way. Regular pizza sauce kills me. I usually like to get the sweet sauce. I love getting uh, sweet sauce on my pizza. So nine times out of ten, if I'm gonna call up a Pizza Hut, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna put my order in online because you can't get even on the app. You know, you can't get that option. You can't use sweet sauce as an option. So you have to call them up and be like, "Hey, I want to place carryout order," and tell them that you want to put sweet sauce on it. Now me, you know, a lot of people will say, "Hey, I want light sauce." But they don't put enough sauce on it anyway, so it's already kind of light sauce. When you tell a pizza place to put light sauce on it, they're going to put, like, basically nothing on it. It's going to be just cheese. Anywho, speaking of that, I had some lady that had placed an order earlier. And... She ordered a pizza with easy sauce on it. But then she had put in parentheses that she was she had a, t- a tomato allergy. So my coworker or my other shift lead came to me and said, Hey, what do you want me to do about this? And I said, Don't put any fucking tomato sauce on that shit. Just make it cheese and the toppings. Because she's allergic to tomatoes. So if we were to put tomatoes on that and she was to end up dying, we would have a fucking problem on our hands. You know, so just don't put it on there. And when the lady showed up, I told her, I said, hey, by the way, we didn't put any tomato sauce on this pizza whatsoever. 
because she said, well, she was hoping for it to be light on the sauce. And I said, no, you said you were allergic to tomatoes, so we just left it off of there. And she said, well, that's fine. That's okay. So, I mean, she could have been a bitch about it. We would have had to remake it, more than likely. But, it, it still looked pretty good. I'm not going to lie. For not having any sauce on it. It had plenty of cheese, plenty of toppings. Never got a call back, so obviously she liked it. Um, anywho, we're taking another shot of liquor here. I've already had a half pint. Um, it's really shocking, because... I bought this these couple Palmasan shots that were in plastic bottles. And usually when I buy liquor in plastic bottles, it tastes like plastic. I transferred it to this old glass bottle, this E&J that I had the other night that I saved around. And as soon as I did that, it doesn't taste like plastic anymore. It's really crazy. I can't figure it out. Ah, damn. So, no weed, no cigarettes. The only thing I've got is some, some beer and a little bit of liquor and some pizza. And hopefully tomorrow when I wake up, my, my um, daily pay gets a hold of me. And for those of you that don't know what daily pay is... It's really confusing, but I'll try and explain it. Um, daily pay is where you, uh, first of all, you have to you have to sign up for it. Otherwise, you just get a pay card and you have to wait to get paid every two weeks. But once you sign up for daily pay, you can like. Let's say you just got paid on Tuesday and you don't have enough money for rent. You're like $100 short. You can, since the next pay period has started, you can dip into that next pay period and get that $100 transferred to your card. So it's basically like a paycheck advance, right? And at first, I thought, well, this is going to get me in a lot of trouble. But there, I can't tell you how many times it has been very useful. Because not only just for paying rent, but let's say you don't have any money and you need to go get some groceries. You can take 70 bucks off your card at a next paycheck. So, if you've already paid rent and whatnot, you've already got that saved up you don't have any money you can get on this website and have them send you money from your next paycheck it's really a godsend because like I said I, sitting around and waiting every two weeks is just I don't know it's almost like I get paid every week since I use this daily pay shit I almost get paid every week but if I didn't have this daily pay shit I'd be getting paid every two weeks. 
and that would be really fucked up, you know, especially with rent to pay and all that. So, sometimes, um, it, it doesn't work out so good. Sometimes. And the reasoning why is because, um, let's say you spent all your money and the next pay period comes along and you haven't paid rent yet and that's going to be the paycheck that your rent money comes out of and then you start dipping into it from this daily pay you're not going to have enough money to pay rent in two weeks so you got to kind of watch you got to kind of think about it honestly i've kind of developed this this third sense or fifth sense or whatever you want to call it and it, it, I just kind of come to this point where I'm like, hey, you've been spending a lot of money, you know. And let's put it this way. I've never been behind on rent until now. So some of it was because my grandmother died and all that, like I said. But usually I have a pretty good grasp. And I've been spending a lot of money lately and... Here recently, something kind of snapped in my mind, and I was like, hey, you need to slow down. You know, you need to stop living like Kim Kardashian and fucking stop spending all the time, you know. And I'm glad that I did that, because when I finally got paid, I didn't even have enough money to pay rent. Like I said, I was really close, but I didn't have enough money to pay rent. If I would have kept spending, I would have definitely not had enough money to pay rent. So, I've kind of got like this inner thing that says, hey, you've kind of spent enough already. You need to slow down. And it comes with a, comes with a little bit of experience, comes with a little training. Especially, like I said, when you go from making 40 hours to 25 hours, it's a, it's a bit of a shock. Um, that was part of the problem, too. Not because my grandmother died and everything, but because I also got my hours cut. So, what I plan on doing is hanging in there, um, kind of dealing with it for now, and if anything comes along, I'm going to hop on the bandwagon. Even if it's a part-time job. Even if it's a part-time job. Because I'm making part-time hours right now. A lot of the time I'm making... Well, within the past couple weeks, I had 25 hours last week, I think. And I had 28 hours this week. So that's less than 30 hours. So less than 30 hours a week is part-time. In my opinion. So... If I can find somewhere that's going to give me 25, 30 hours a week, and I don't have to deal with as much bullshit, then I'm hopping on that motherfucking bandwagon. And like I said, if they don't want to work around my schedule at the place where I'm at, then I'm just going to end up quitting. So, we're going to see where that goes. We're going to see where that goes. I've already smoked a lot. 
Well, I didn't smoke a lot. I smoked the last little bit of wax that I had. Until probably tomorrow or the next day. Maybe even Saturday. I don't know. To where I can go downtown and buy some more weed. And I was talking about it on my last session that I couldn't publish. But I've got a deal going on right now. For 80 bucks, you can get 14 grams of some Bio-Jesus. And that's some good shit. It's testing out at like 24%. 24% is very high for a THC content. Um, usually, most average weed is like between 17 and 20%. So 24, 25% is like very high. I've never seen anything over 25%. So... Anywho, 14 grams a shake, 80 bucks. With the taxes and everything, it's $100 flat. Now, if you go to the dispensary any other day, for 7 grams, for half of the amount, you're going to pay $80. 70 $80. Maybe even 90 for 7 grams. And then you're going to have the taxes on top of that. It's going to be like 110, 120, whatever. So you're going to be paying more and you're going to be getting less. If that makes any sense. So honestly, I need to get down there as soon as I fucking can. I can't really get down there until I make sure that I have enough money to pay rent. And that's going to last me for over a whole month. I can get a quarter. I can get seven grams and it can last me for two or three weeks. So that's going to last me four to six weeks. Depending on how much I smoke. So. I'm not going to have to buy any more weed in October. Which is a good thing. Because all that money needs to go towards rent money. Pretty much. And I need to start buying some sweats, some leggings. I need to buy some work shoes. I've got this um, jacket that I want to buy off Columbia. It's a $200 jacket. Um, I don't know if anybody... You know, I like Columbia. Columbia is a good brand. They've got this jacket that has regular insulation, you know, on the inside. But on the lining, on the very, very inside, it's got this shit that they call Omni Heat. O-M-N-I-H-E-A-T. Omni Heat. And... What it is, is basically just a lining with little gold circles that is supposed to reflect your body heat back to you. And I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it. Even if i got to put a hoodie on underneath of it and kind of have it as an outer shell, um, I feel like it's going to be perfect for riding 
bicycles because um, you get really toasty when you're riding a bicycle. When you, especially when you're wearing two layers, but when you're wearing three layers, it gets pretty crazy. When you start sweating and shit. I've even sweated after just wearing two layers, but when you start sweating and the fucking wind's blowing, it's 20 degrees or colder outside, um, shit starts changing, like your fucking beard starts freezing, your eyelashes will fucking freeze, it's crazy, and I've been outside before where... They tell you if you're outside for more than 20 to 30 minutes, you're going to get frostbite. I've been in that shit. I've been in that shit. They told you stay home. Don't fucking get out in this shit. And I've been out in that shit. So I'm not really worried about it this season. Um, I've been through it before. But the thing that worried me the most is when I went outside one night and I was riding home. It's 50 degrees, 50 something degrees, and I'm riding home and I'm like, man, it's fucking cold out here. 50 something degrees, and I'm like, man, it's cold. You know, and like, I've, I've ridden my bike in the winter for the past 8 to 10 years, at least. So, I know what the fuck cold feels like, and I can't believe I actually said it was cold when it wasn't really cold. But it felt cold, you know. And I'm like, well, what the fuck am I going to do in the next two months when it's fucking negative 10 degrees outside? So anyways, you know, I've always kind of adapted to it. I've always got through it. Um, but it seems like every year as you get older, it gets worse and worse and worse. You know, it... I don't know how else to explain it. I mean, it feels like you just... You stop... You, you start losing insulation and shit. Even when... I think it has to do with my joints and shit, too. Because I, I do believe that I have rheumatoid arthritis, but... It seems like every year your joints get worse. It seems like you get colder and colder. Negative 20 degrees feels like it's negative 40 degrees. You know what I'm saying? It just gets worse over time. When you're Billy Badass, you know, when you're in your 20s, it's fine. When you start getting in your 30s, your late 30s and shit, fuck. You gotta, you know, do something. So, what I'm gonna do christmas is i'm gonna get myself an electric bicycle and i'm gonna get the top of the line one one that i don't have to worry about something that's dependable um something i'll be able to charge up at home but something i can charge up at work as well and there's a there's some models out there that all you gotta do is charge it up once a week you know, I mean, it gets 60 miles or whatever. It's only like a five-mile trip. A little less than that, probably four miles to my job. 
yeah, probably about three and a half, four miles to my job. So, seven miles a day, you know, you do the math. Ah, yeah. So, 2,000 bucks, pretty much, is what it's going to cost. And that's a lot of money. That's a lot of money, because I only paid about $1,000 for my 29-inch Cannondale that I have in the shop right now. I am going to keep that one around on, on occasions where it gets too cold outside. I don't want to ruin my battery or whatever. And when I say too cold, I mean like negative 20 outside. But um, you can still drive it. You can still ride an electric bike in the cold. Even if it's below 32 degrees. Uh, because 9 times out of 10, you've got it stored in a warm place. And if you're going to ride an electric bike from your house to work, for example, and it's about a 30 minute ride, by the time that you get there, and from the heat, from actually using it, it's, it's going to be... You don't want your battery to dip below negative 4 degrees. Because if your battery gets below negative 4 degrees, that's when problems start happening. And you don't want to be stranded on the side of the road trying to get to work with an electric bike. Because if it can't move, it's very heavy. You ain't going to be able to do anything with it. You're going to have to lock it up to a fucking light pole and hope that nobody steals it. So... You can carry an extra battery. For some bikes out there, they got an extra battery that you can just pop in there. But it's going to be the same thing. If it's in your book bag, it's going to be the same temperature as what the battery is on your bike. Now, not to say that it's not bad to have a good a backup battery. But in certain circumstances, it's going to be too cold for it. So, I mean, you could switch it off, and you could just use the pedals, but it's going to be a lot heavier. And, you know, I don't know. I haven't really driven one yet, but in the snow. I would say it's a lot heavier to pedal in the snow and in the ice and shit than if you were to just ride a 29-inch Cannondale. And I don't know how it's going to be carrying it up 20 fucking stairs. But I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it's not going to be fucking fun. It's not going to be easy. It's probably going to weigh at least 75 pounds. And it's like twice as much as what my bike probably weighs. So, so the thing that I'm going to be thinking about the most within the next six months to a year is how can I get into a van and how can I 
renovate the inside of it to look like an apartment. And how much money is that going to cost? So what I've come down to, to the conclusion is it could cost anywhere from four to $6,000 or more for a decent sized cargo van. It's got about 100,000 miles on it. Doesn't have any rust, you know. And it's probably gonna cost about $1,000 for the building materials and shit. Not including the tools. You know, if you gotta get a fucking $400 tool kit, you better fucking go out and do it. Um, it's not gonna include any special other tools that you gotta buy. Or if you gotta buy an air compressor. Or shit like that. So. It's gonna be very minimal, bare essentials. Like carpentry tools. Plus whatever that other toolkit gives you. Like a. I don't know. Nowadays they give you like a sawzall, a fucking circular saw, a fucking drill, and. I don't know. Anywho. So, it's going to cost me every bit of probably about five grand, give or take. Might need a little more, might need a little less, who knows. And, it's going to take my time. So, the biggest thing here recently, especially with making these live videos or podcasts. Now, I haven't been making very many live videos, but with making content, you gotta fucking take time out of your day. Especially if you're making two segments a night. That's two whole hours out of your out of your day. So you come home from work, you could have already had a shower and had dinner and been watching a movie within those two hours. So that kind of, that dips into your time. And then when you're posting shit, when you're making videos, when you're on YouTube, you have to edit that shit. You have to edit videos. That could take fucking three hours. It could take a whole day. Who knows? Um... It depends on how good you are, for one. As you get better and time goes along, you can probably have a video edited in like two hours or so. Somewhere around there, depending on how long it is. Maybe an hour. But, it takes a lot of effort. And I don't know a whole lot about video editing. I'm going to learn a little bit more. Well, actually, I'm going to learn a lot, a bit more, but it's going to be a little while from now. So that's another good thing about podcasting, is you don't have to edit any videos. You don't have to produce an image for people. You don't have to be worried about how you look or what kind of image you're portraying. Everything with a podcast is pure. Tell people what you think. 
speak right off your mind. The imagination, whatever they do with it, is on their own. So, I can sit here and talk about bass fishing, and you can sit there in your mind and think about actually bass fishing, being out there on the boat, being by the bank, by those trees, throwing out a fucking uh, spinner bait, and, and when the sun's going down, and that is something that just comes up in your mind when you're used to listening to people, when you're used to listening to, now, I don't listen to, um, like, these fucking Amazon book stories and shit, I don't listen to, uh, read-alongs and shit, <laughs> or whatever, but I'm a very, very, very good writer. I'm not necessarily the best reader. I mean, I, I can read. I love reading. But it doesn't really interest me. And the reason why it doesn't interest me is because the people that write the shit is usually garbage. And I can't get into the shit. You know, my mind can't get into the shit because it's not detailed enough it's not it's not um what's the word that I'm looking for all the stories and shit out there are not attention grabbing stories but if I even if I get into a good story sometimes it's hard for me to remember what happened the chapter before so Anywho, I'm a good writer because I'm a good bullshitter. I'm a good somebody that can just make up shit off the top of his head. I can make up stories. I can make up characters. I can make up plots and twists and everything. And that's a good thing about somebody that's a good writer. It's also a good good uh, foothold for somebody that's a good director as well because when you can look at something and say we need this or we need that or we don't need that you know it, it, it's, it's a same thing with read-alongs and shit like that but I'm, I'm telling you there is no there is no read-along out there that I'm listening to, for one, I can tell you. And for two, there's nobody out there that can tell me anything that I don't already know. I mean, I'm 32 fucking years old. There's not a lot that I don't know. From my elders and from what I've learned. And um, so, when it comes down to it, I don't know. I guess what I'm saying is, at the end of the day, people have their own opinions, right? And it's all about what's portrayed and what's envisioned. And I can tell people, I'm, I make moonshine and, and show them how it's done, and they'd be fascinated with it. 
and then somebody else could tell me that they make uh they fucking make I don't know they make fucking drugs for cows or some shit let's just say that and I'm like oh I don't really understand that you know but to them it's a vital part of what they do so anywho I know that's kind of off on a tangent I'll kind of get to that probably a little later but people do what they do they think what they do and whatnot but the thing is people like me um, don't find interest in other people because other people are stupid other people are dumb okay and that's the thing with introverts that's the reason why introverts don't want to talk to anybody is because if you can't hold an intellectual conversation with me then first of all I don't even I don't even want to fucking talk to you but if you can't I mean even hold a halfway decent you know the thing with introverts that you have to realize is they're introverts for a reason Now, it could be that they don't like to talk to people because of social problems or disabilities or whatever. Or it could be that they don't want to talk to people for the main reason. And it's kind of like an autism thing. It's kind of like a, a mild form of autism. I think that goes hand in hand with Asperger's syndrome. Which, I've already said before, that I think that I have. I'm not a psychiatrist or anything, but I'm pretty sure that I have Asperger's. I don't like to make eye contact with people whenever I talk to people. Um, even if, you know, we have to be very close. We have to be very uh, personal for me to make eye contact with you. If I don't know you and I don't, I'm not comfortable with you, I'm not going to look you in the eye. I'm going to fucking look off in the distance and I'm going to talk to you. So that's, that's a form of autism, for one. Um, for two, I don't like to be around people that aren't as intellectual as me. If I feel like you're stupid and you can't hold an intellectual conversation, I don't want anything to do with you. So, that's what being an introvert is. You know, it's not just a hermit or somebody that likes to sit in their house, but it's somebody who has certain morals and certain standards and likes to be around certain groups of people, and if you can't hold a good conversation, then you've kind of already been ousted out of the VIP club, if you know what I'm saying. The good old saying that says you can count your friends on one hand is the most realest fucking thing ever. You know, I, I grew up and I heard people say that and I'm like, yeah, right, you know, I've got fucking 20 friends right now. But I was young, I was dumb, 
And when I grew up, I realized that those people weren't my friends. You know, they were just acquaintances. And even people that would say that they were my friend weren't my friend. So, right now, I don't have any friends to count on my one hand. And that's okay. That's fine. You know, a lot of people, uh, you know, I... Like I said, I don't have one true friend that I can call up right now and say, Hey, I need some help. I've got family that I can call up. But I don't have a fucking best friend that I can just call up and say, Hey, you know, I lost that shit. I've lost people along the way that, you know, they say they're your friend they say they're there for you and shit. Even when you're starving and you're struggling and you're fucking... They say they're there, but... They're not there. They're not dealing with it. They're making six figures a year. They're fucking having two, three vacations and shit while you're sitting there... Trying to find something to eat for the night. They're not your fucking friend. Period. I don't know how else to put it, but it's a false hope. It's a false friendship. It's a false everything. I mean, anywho, we're going to do another shot. Uno mas, por favor, mi hermón. Yes, gracias. Ah. Okay. So, you know, um, the thing that the best advice that I can give anybody out there listening is to just be you, just do yourself, don't worry about fucking people around you, even your friends, people that you think or your friends, even if you gotta fucking cut them out of your life, okay? It's hard to cut people out of your life. It's terrible. It's fucking terrible. Like, cutting people out of my life was, it, it's probably one of the hardest things to do. Honestly. You have to sit there and tell yourself that, okay, when I cut this fucking piece of meat out of here, it's fucking gone. You know, and. Uh, that's what I had to do with my father. That's one of the people that I had to cut out of my life. I've had to cut out numerous people, numerous friends. Um, but one of the hardest ones was my father. And when I go back and I think about it, and think about what happened, and think about all these years where he could have repented and he could have apologized and shit, it just makes me, it just, it just makes me into more of a man, I guess if that makes any sense, because I know that I came from this man, I know he's my father, and we used to have a relationship together somewhat, I mean, it wasn't the best, it was fucking terrible, but at least we had some kind of relationship. 
I don't even know what this motherfucker sounds like anymore. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know what his favorite food is. It's fucking crazy. It is literally crazy to not know your father anymore. And that happens um, all in a bit about five years. Or more. You know, I can't... I can't even imagine people that go off to war. You know, they get time to come back home every so often. But it feels like I've been going to war. I don't even know what my father sounds like. I don't know what he looks like. I don't know the guy. He's a fucking stranger to me right now. Pretty much. And he's done some wrong shit. He's done some wrong shit. He tried to fucking murder me, you know, and he, he, he tried to act like it wasn't a big deal and that I was drunk and that I was the problem. And I remember it like it was yesterday and it still bothers me here and there to this day. I mean, I've let parts of it go and shit and I've tried to even offer him forgiveness, but it's him that really didn't want forgiveness until recently and now he wants forgiveness but I'm not ready to give him forgiveness I'm not in a good place in life I've been dealing with a lot of shit mentally, physically, financially and I don't have time to deal with childish bullshit and when you're a parent you don't stop being a parent you know um, whether you're fucking 30, 50, 80, you know, and my father stopped being a parent a long time ago, he never really made the effort, and now that I'm grown up and I see it, and I've seen what he tried to do to me and shit, I don't want any part to do with him anymore, I don't want anything to do with him, because he's a terrible person. And I feel like if I tell him this to his face, it's going to make him upset. It's going to make him mad. It's going to cause a fucking scene. You know what I'm saying? But it's the truth. It is nothing but the truth. Everything that I say. You know, I don't have any hate or any animosity or any reason to make this shit up. But it's the truth. And there's nothing more... That people hate most than the fucking truth. It just eats them up alive. It just eats them from the inside out. It's like killing people with kindness. If you tell people the truth, they can't fucking stand it. So, there's a reason why they went to his house. And there's a reason why they arrested him. There's a reason why he went to jail. And they had to get a lawyer to bond out. Because it was not only domestic, since it was a father-son thing, but it was assault with bodily injury. He had broke my collarbone, and when the cops went to his house, because I knew where the fuck he lived, I knew his address, I lived, you know, it was, I remembered it like the back of my hand. So when the cops came to me and said, hey, what happened, and I told them, because when the cops showed up, I had not only a broken collarbone, but I had gravel stuck in the back of my head. And 
I, I'm not going to lie. I was a little drunk because I was at my sister's wedding. We were both drunk. But I know how to handle my liquor and shit like that. And that's the reason why I got away. It was because I knew I was in danger and I was in fear for my safety. And I'll get to that in a minute. But when the cops showed up and they asked me what happened. And they seen all the injuries. The gravel on the back of my head and shit like that. They knew I didn't do that to myself. You know what I'm saying? And... Actually, I called the paramedics first. I think the ambulance and shit showed up before the cops did. Um, now, the cops and shit did determine, yeah, I've been drinking and shit like that. So, the ambulance couldn't give me any pain medicine or anything. But I had a broken collarbone. And so, the cops asked me, where did he live? And I told them. It such and such address and so they went over there and he was sitting in his pajamas like nothing ever happened and I know how my father gets when he drinks cause he doesn't hardly ever drink but when he does he you gotta fucking carry him inside you know he's just fucking annihilated you know and I think that's where I get my problems from, where I can't digest liquor and shit. Because it just fucks him up. That's the reason why he doesn't really drink. But, like I said, when he does, he has all this rage and animosity that he thinks about over all these years and shit. And it just gets to him, you know. He lets all of his inner thoughts and demons get to him whenever he's drunk. And that's what happened. And so we were at the lake at my sister's wedding, long story short. And my mother and my ex-stepfather left for the evening. I, I wish I would have just left with them when they left. But I just I decided to stick around and have a good time and... My ride out of there, I didn't really know who was going to take me home. I didn't know if it was going to be my sister or my other sister. I didn't know. I didn't care. And so when the time came around, my father was the one that was supposed to be my ride, I guess. Right? And so it's a good 200 yards, probably, a football field or probably a football field and a half, let's say 150 yards, to where the car was parked. And nobody could see what was going on. Everybody was in the yacht club having a fucking good time, dancing, getting drunk. And he was supposed to be my ride home, I guess. And I was so drunk and shit that supposedly I was such a problem. You know, but anyways, when I got to the car, all I can remember is him being really pissed off. Now, when I say pissed off, I mean, this is the most pissed off that I've ever seen my dad before. My father was like, 
like I made a racist comment or something to him because he he's married to a black woman. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck was said or what was done, but it set him off. And he was really pissy, right? It's probably because of the liquor and, like I said, all of his inner thoughts and all that. But what I remember is being knocked out and then coming back too. And what had happened was when he leg swept me, um, he took my feet out from underneath me and when my my head hit the ground, it knocked me out. Gravel was stuck in the back of my head and I was knocked out. So I fell on the ground, my head hit the concrete and the gravel and I was knocked out. And while I was knocked out, he was on top of me trying to choke me with both of his hands around my throat. So when I woke back up after being knocked out, I had my father on top of me trying to strangle me to death. And then I passed back out again because he was strangling me to death. So when I woke back up for the second or third time, you know, I was so fucking disoriented that I thought, you know, I didn't know what to think at first, but I seen him on top of me again. And I still kind of remembered from the time before when I passed out. So I'm like, I think I'm going to have to fucking stab my... I think I'm either going to have to stab him or fucking break his nose or something. Like, and then I passed out again. I probably fucking passed out like four times. And then when I woke up, I got up. Once I got a fresh breath of air. And I had to get down in the corner of his of his grasp. But once I got out of that, um, I got up and we were out by the lake. We were out in the middle of fucking, it was like fucking, I don't know, five miles to probably where I needed to go at least. And he kept telling me to get in the car, get in the car, get in the fucking car. And I said, you just fucking tried to kill me. You just tried to fucking strangle me to death for 15 minutes. You just tried to fucking kill me. And I don't know if it was over an insurance policy, like a life insurance policy. Maybe that's what he was... And then he was going to blame it on the fact that, oh, I was drunk. He had had alcohol in his system, maybe. I don't know. But it was really weird, it was really fucked up, it was really cruel, the way that he did me, his own child, you know, and I haven't had anything to do with him since, so, I mean, I'm never gonna probably end up at his funeral, let's put it that way, I 
I don't care if, you know, in his will, he says, oh, my son is supposed to inherit this. I probably won't fucking, I don't know. I probably won't accept it. If I do accept it, I'll probably give it to my sisters, to be honest. Depending on what it is, um, I don't want anything to do with my father. I don't want, you know, I don't want anything to remind me of my father. So, um, even when it comes to coins, he was a very, he still is, he's a very big coin fanatic, right? He's been saving coins for years. He's been saving them in the plastic, getting them from the from the Franklin Mint and whatever, Federal Reserve, whatever. And um, he's, you know, in his will, he's probably going to give that all to his wife, and his wife is probably going to fucking sell all the shit. His wife's probably going to sell all the shit for nothing. But my, my father's probably sitting on fucking, like, $2 million in coins, at least. Get rid of the shit for fucking 50 grand. Because she's stupid and don't know what the fuck he's got. So. But the fact that he's. Put all the trust into her. And me and him don't have a relationship anymore. Um. It's crazy. It's really sad. It's really crazy. But. That's just the way that I've grown up. A really sad crazy life. So. I'll kind of get into that a little bit more on my next podcast. Um, I'm going to make another one here in a couple minutes. With the 58 minute mark. So, until the next one, it was real, it was fun, but it wasn't real fun. Deuces.